0: This is 100% Ska, your weekly all-ska, all-vinyl pseudo-radio show, with your host, DJ Ryan Midnight. We're bringing you the finest music for your listening, dancing, and working out pleasure. Find your happy place, crank up the volume, and let the beat pick up your feet. Welcome to another edition of 100% Ska. I'm your host, DJ Ride Midnight, broadcasting on this lovely uh, Tuesday evening from our secret location deep in the heart of Jersey City. Rum in hand, it is a fine evening indeed. Uh, we just started that show, the show off and uh, with a cut from The Bishops that was uh, black and tan, uh, one of my favorite favorites uh non-jamaican rum uh drinks uh, if you ever see me out there uh buy me a black and tan um so yeah what else is going on not much um well actually no i shouldn't say it. well there's not that much going on in my life but there's a lot going on for this show uh we have uh an interview with the free coasters uh from uh, florida coming up later in the uh, show as well as a debut of a uh, what I should be, uh, if I keep it up, uh, should be an ongoing uh, feature uh, in every episode of 100% Ska. But uh, before we get to that interview, we're going to get uh, first into some lovely music, get you all geared up uh, for this set. We're going to do an extended set here, uh, heading down to Jamaica Way uh, with some lovely cuts, including some stuff from uh, Studio One and uh, Trojan Records. And uh, we're going to start this off with the appropriately named Soul Brothers and their song, Freedom Sounds, right here on 100% Ska.
1: (laughs) ¶¶
0: Back. This is 100% ska. Hope you enjoyed that little extended set there, all the way from Jamaica. Way, uh, maybe you took a little uh, graze in the grass, took a little uh, sip of rum, as I have been doing, uh, and just really kicked back and uh, enjoyed that music. So up next, I've got for you uh, a interview with the Free Coasters, all the way from uh, Florida. I spoke with them on the phone last week edited this interview all up. Uh, we spoke about uh, their upcoming album. We, speak, we spoke about uh, the, uh, the ska scene down in uh, Florida and uh, some of their tours they've done. And uh, let's take a listen and uh, we'll uh, see you back here in just a moment. I wanna welcome John and Claire of The Free Coasters to 100% Ska. Uh, welcome and uh, thanks for taking some time out of your, re- your rehearsal schedule today. To, to speak with us, yeah. So we're uh, glad to talk to
2: you. Thank you for having
0: us. Yeah, you're you're very welcome. Um, so, long time listeners of the of the podcast may be familiar with your stuff. I've played tracks off of your uh, debut album, which I'll want to talk about a little bit later on in this uh, call. But for those that may not be familiar with the Free Coasters, give me the kind of like the elevator pitch of kind of your your sound and your, your kind of your approach to the to the genre. I try to uh, I like for about eight years tried to get a band together telling people if aretha franklin
3: or fontella bass or you know some some southern soul singer went down to jamaica and uh made a record down at studio one or vice versa if marcia griffith showed up in in memphis one day and or in muscle shoals and Approached the Swampers and said, "You know, like, hey, let's
0: make a reggae record." And they're like, "Yes, we'll figure it out." You know, so that's always kind of been the the goal from the get go. And that and that actually actually is is a really great descriptor. That's actually a a really perfect descriptor of your sound. Which, of course, we'll be, we'll be playing a track after this interview. Give everyone a, a little taste of the Free Coasters. What was kind of interesting to me now, when I think of Florida, and I know this is a a, a little bit unfair, but like. Immediately, I think of Lesson Jake and Against All Authority. But those are like the, which obviously are very, very different than. Uh, your sound, but but Florida actually has a pretty prolific ska scene uh, down there. I mean, even like through the '90s and and through today. Oh yeah, uh, I, I I once broke my foot dancing at an Against All Authority show in the in the Circle Pit.
2: I was gonna say, we learned something funny on on tour this last summer that it was a perspective we didn't kind of see from when we were out of town. We played a show, and I think it was Baltimore, and this DJ. Came up to us and he was like, Oh my God, there's such a ska scene down in Florida. It's so awesome. You guys must, you know, be so excited that there's so many bands down there. And we're like, Really? Are there? <laughs> we yeah. didn't really get it. We didn't really think that there were, but it's like, you know, Florida's such a big place that, you know, there's like Spread the Dub in West Palm. There's us here and, and a band called Bargain Bin here. I was a more of a punk ska band. There's Strange Ways in St. Pete, Tampa. I mean, there's there's Control This in Orlando. There's there's a handful of ska bands here, and we all try and we all try and build up shows with each other as much as possible. So mm-hmm. I, I can see why it feels like it's an active ska scene because we're all I I think in in our scene down here we all know each other and we're all we all do shows together
3: yeah we, we uh we didn't really know the reputation florida had until we got out of florida and we go to these other kind of more metropolitan areas and people are are talking
0: about what a what a big scene we've got down in florida it's like oh i guess we do i never we really i guess we take it for granted you know yeah and i think even in like Maybe it was maybe it was Moon Records. I think they may have even put out like the the first uh, "Closer Than You" compilation, which was like all yeah. Florida stuff. And I think you, I think you yeah, were think, you guys I were think on so. one of the like one of the later volumes as well from that. I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we uh, we. It's funny
3: because uh, I think the Moon uh, connection is uh, an old school cat down here named Ed Lowry, who was the band leader and singer for a group called Dog one of the i mean i think their first record was like 1992-93 so they were they were kind of more when they started kind of more in a a two-tone vein but they were definitely part of that third wave like generationally and uh their 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 record came out on moonska so uh they were the moonska connection and uh ed i i in a previous band uh you know he's he's probably maybe 12 15 years older than than we are but uh in a previous band i was in we got to open for Magadog a couple of times, and when they were kind of relaunching a local label called Citrus Records to do that third uh, closer than UComp, uh, he approached me to ask if he could use some old tunes from the old band. But this band was just kind of burgeoning at the time, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, you could do that, but uh, if you give me maybe three weeks, I could maybe have a tune together <coughs> for my new band." And he was willing to, to wait on wait on it just so we could get a get a couple of tunes on there.
0: That's awesome. And now, Claire, you actually mentioned a little bit uh, earlier that you, you came up to uh, the Northeast to play um, over the summer. You know, you played uh, Jersey, New York, Maryland, I think, and Pennsylvania. And was that, was that your first uh, tour up here in the, north, in the Northeast?
2: That was the first time we got that far north. I think the first time we did the East Coast was the year that we played Supernova International Ska Festival. Um, and I think as far north as we were able to get on that that run that we did was up to Philadelphia um, we played a show with Ascultura there and then um, but this summer we got up there twice so that was really exciting you know uh, June and July back to back with the fuss
0: in, in prep for this just kind of reviewing your your Facebook page I, I didn't realize just how prolific you play even in a, in a Florida area it seems like every week every other week you you have You've performed and have stuff booked out. Oh
2: yeah. Down here there's a really there's a really great market for bands that and at least for us, we do about, you know, thirty to forty percent original songs and then we sort of rewrite songs that we really love from soul and rock and roll. Um and even like classic Jamaican tunes like I know John was mentioning Phyllis Dylan and Aretha Franklin. We'll cover both of those artists and make everything our own brand of reggae. So we still have the freedom down here to reinvent what we do and, and do the original stuff while making a good amount of money so we can, like, like just buying a lot of the gear that we needed to buy and brought, bought, like, new tour gear, like, cases for our amps. So, like, we, I think in, in some people's imaginations of how the music, music business works is that you have a label that covers all those costs. We kind of, we're so DIY, we have, a, we have a way to do it all here ourselves, which is great. And in season, I know we book, I mean, we've got, we've got venues that we had booked last year through December of this year. So some of the, the, the venues that we really love to play book way far out in advance. And it's kind of nice to have that peace of mind that you'll have that money coming in. So you know how to manage your band as a business.
3: To, to give it some context, like down here in, uh, in Florida, you know, it's, it's such a touristy kind of area. Mm-hmm. that there's there's all kinds of opportunities to play, not just, you know, your DIY punk style multi bands on one bill kind of shows. You know, you have that everywhere, but in most places it's probably all jukebox bands, you know, your Mang Sally kind of bands. But down here people are, are kind of eager to hear some like tropical music anyway. So we can kind of just bill ourselves as a reggae band and book gigs playing three and four hours. At these bars, just being kind of live entertainment. But then when we show up, we're playing half originals. And then the covers that we like, we don't buy barley in the set. You know, what I mean, it's like, it's kind of like at this point, it's been requested so many times, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's I like Bob Marley just fine, but it's like I just don't want to give people the satisfaction of oh it's a reggae band I should ask him to play through a little burst you know it it enables us to do the you know we're not we're not kids we're not you know like 19 20 years old anymore so you know we're not at a place where you can quit your job at 7-Eleven pile in the band and come home when the tour is over and get one at Circle K so if we want to go on tour and stuff like that we've got to kind of create our own kind of independence our own kind of financial independence you know where the band itself makes a little bit of money even we're out on the road playing for gas money. We know we can come home and we've got gigs on the calendar that like, okay, well in the next three months we've got, you know, about, you know, nine thousand dollars worth of money coming in that'll help pay back to pay off the credit cards that we, we paid our rent on for that month we were gone, you know.
0: Yeah, and and it's really great to hear that that they're they're so supportive and, and want to bring you in. And like as you mentioned, you know, with the kind of semi-collapse of the of the music industry as we as one used to think of or know about it. Bands are now in such a much more of a position to just do it, you know, to do the DIY thing, because there's just, there's no, there's no other financial option, uh, you know, way to do it. Play and play and play and, and build up that, that following and and reputation just through your live performances. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's like, all, all,
3: the only money you can make anymore is, is an, impu- an appearance fees. You know, there's no, there's no record sales the way that there was a generation ago. So it's like, if you're not already a draw somewhere, you don't get the appearance fees either, you know, like we're not all Bruce Springsteen, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to, you're not going to pay your bills on, on ticket sales, you know, yeah. so we've, uh where we live, we're, we're lucky enough to that season here, the, the time of year when we can make the most money is the time of year you don't want to be on the road anyway, is January through March. Like, where would we want to be but Florida you know? so we can just kind of fill up the calendar with, you know, 20, 22 gigs a month you know, from uh, January through March, and then, uh, you know, have our summers free when there's there's no money to be made here. Like, well, we can go out. That's touring season for everybody anyway, you know? Yeah.
2: We've got, we were looking at our calendar, and we've got, like, from now through the, the second or third week of July, we don't have a single Friday off. Like, we're booked every every single Friday from now through the second week of July. It's awesome.
0: And, and in addition to um all of your booking you are about to go into the studio to record your second album i think you're actually going in uh in the next two weeks or so right
2: yeah yeah i
0: think we hit it uh the 22nd
3: i think we is our first day maybe the 21st i I can't remember i think the 21st is the first day uh that we're going to be working, but we're going to start recording on the twenty-second.
0: I think coming into this album, and maybe even the, the first album as well, as as you as a, as a group, do you have you know core core songwriters that kind of come in to drive most of the of the original music, or is it a more of a collaboration? On the first record, there was kind of there was kind of maybe three of us who would start a tune. It would be
3: like myself on would start a song, you know, with a bass part. Our keyboard player at the time, David would start a start a tune with, you know, either coming in with chords established or just kind of a melody that, that we could kind of work around and find the chords from. And then our drummer at the time, Scott, is also a guitar player and bass player. So he'd come in with either, you know, a song started on guitar or on uh, on bass. And then we'd kind of work, work the skeleton of the tune. And, and then uh, while that was all coming together, Claire would be the one scribbling in her notebook, making an actual song out of it and uh, i think on that record you can kind of tell a little bit like if you had that information and then you listen to that record you could probably be like okay i don't know who who which, which of these songs started with with which of those three people but it kind of feels like maybe a thing that that was that way where where you could divide it into into thirds that record, uh, the new record is a lot more collaborative i think it's a whole lot of it's just come about from just kind of jamming you know like old-fashioned jamming where we're just somebody's noodling and it sounds good and like hey stop what we're doing let's take 15 minutes and make a skeleton around that and then just piling up demos demos and demos and demos for maybe two years of scraps and pieces and we spent maybe the last two months now just grinding on those and trying to turn them into tunes and and claire's still in the situation of uh, we're like okay we're we're done. No, no. You take it. You take it the rest of the way. You know we got the we got the ball to midfield. You got to do the. You got to get it the other fifty yards into the end zone.
0: And with the with the first album, you were actually very fortunate enough to have Jesse Wagner of the Agar Lights come in to help as as a producer. Are you going to be re collaborating with uh with Wagner this time around? Or are you going to be working with another producer to help kind of build out this this second LP?
2: We're going to be working with Jesse again. We're really excited about it. He's a really great guy to work with and we were talking about this even like a year or so ago when we were planning out what this album was going to be either sonically or thematically like what what was the thing that was going to hold it all together and it it just comes back to like southern soul stacks records we wanted to make it feel even closer to that and we were thinking like who do we know like what who could produce this the way that we would want this to be heard in the world and the more we it over, the more we thought about it, Jesse was the best balance between that classic southern soul sound that kept it feeling like tough soul music while keeping the reggae right in the tunes as well. So he like all around I think we, we all agree that he was he was the best decision for this record. Aside you know, from just really loving to work with him and really liking him as a person, you know
0: and of course, I would be um, remiss if i if I didn't mention that just like the the first album, you are actually kind of reaching out to your fans now as kind of a way to help fund the second album through basically through pre-orders on the on the site as a way to kind of build up a little bit of bank to help you with those with the production costs.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, we uh, we we did it. We did the Kickstarter last time, and uh, it's still up in the air whether we're going to try that again. But we're real gun shy about it because it was really difficult doing the uh, doing the uh, fulfillment of the orders with the, the Kickstarter because we offered such a variety of, of different things and then couple that with the fact that we turned over half of the band like right after it happened like right after we finished the record like people got married people had kids and people just slowly peeled out of the group and it was here we were left with a whole new band that was we were asking to to meet the last group of guys kind of obligations you know and uh we we're we're real hesitant to, to bite off that big a uh, big uh, piece of the apple again. But we're we're gonna do pre order for sure. And we're doing that right now from our Facebook and from our website and just doing it simple old fashioned way, the way bands used to do with a notebook. When we get them in hand, we'll start shipping them out, you know? And we're
2: doing it electronically too. Like we're, we don't just have, we we're writing down even the electronic orders that we get in that notebook that we're keeping it all together, but people can access that stuff through a link that John created for that also.
0: Yeah. And, and those that are listening, you can go onto your computer right now and go to thefreecoasters.com. Pre-order the album, oh, great. and and when it's ready to release, yeah. you will have an album sent to you in the mail. You could even go there and buy buy our merch and our last album too, because every time we make yeah. this
3: record <laughs> right now. Yeah.
0: And so, our, and I know this this might be um a little bit you know in the future, but are you hoping to uh, once this album is produced and it's in it's out to uh, to get back on the road and uh, and do some and do some touring to promote it? Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Uh, we we're,
2: we can't we're, wait to get back on the road.
0: We're, we're trying to book our
3: way out to California in May. I'm trying to line it all up. It's, it's real, there's a whole lot of moving parts, but I'm, I'm hoping that we, if we're in the studio in January and we're out of the studio by February 1, I'm hoping to have, uh, I know I'll at least have CDs in hand. Probably won't have vinyl in hand, but it's just trying to line it up with when season ends here, coupled with when the weather's nice out in the rest of the world, outside of Florida. And trying to line that up with actually having new material to, to play live and have new merchandise and a new record to, to sell to people. So we're, we're going out west in the middle and end of May. We have set aside three weeks for that. And then uh, we've set aside most of the month of August. We're going to try to go back up the East Coast in the month of August and kind of maybe hit some new places, double back to places that we had a lot of fun or had good successful shows and uh and try to add to that and take some new chances and uh and see if we can b- get a little bit of momentum going into 2020.
0: Excellent. Well, we we anxiously await your return here in the uh, in the New Jersey New York City area. Counting down to August already. Uh, so John and Claire, again, I you know, really appreciate your your time today and, uh, and speaking with me. Best of luck with, it, with the album and everything uh, Free Coasters related.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thank you for talking to us. We're excited about the record and to hit the road again. And hopefully we'll see you in August
0: so I hope you enjoyed that interview uh, with The Free Coasters. And uh, just as, as we mentioned in that interview, uh, but just to kind of reiterate, uh, if you're interested in uh, helping them record that second album, uh, you can check out thefreecoasters.com to uh, pre-order the album. Uh, it'll be shipped out to you uh, when it's available. Uh, or you can also check them out on uh, Facebook as uh, The Free Coasters. So uh, of course, uh, after listening to that uh, lovely interview, Of course, we got to play some Free Coasters music. So, coming off of their debut full length show up, this is the song I Don't Even Know, right here on 100% Sky.
4: It goes far too deep. Throw away your paper and stop writing that line. Go take a shot and have a cool scat time. Go take a shot and have a cool scat time. Go take a shot and have a cool scat time. Go take a shot and have a cool scat cool scat cool time. Cool scat time.
0: 100% Ska, I'm your host DJ Ryan Midnight You just heard The Upsessions with Cool Time Ska A little bit of a, picked up that beat a little bit that uh, that tune a little bit after uh, kind of a three in a row before that of uh, kind of depressing music Sorry about that, but not sorry because it's all good music. Um, speaking of those three songs, uh, before The Upsessions you heard The Prize Fighters with Hypocrite uh, Kaz and the Day Laborers with I Give Up and starting off the set there was The Free Coasters with I Don't Even Know. Uh, and speaking of that set there, uh, in a future upcoming episode, probably in, I'd say, early mid February, uh, we have scheduled an interview with uh, the Prize Fighters as well. So you'll want to uh, stick around to hear that interview. And uh, let's uh, play some more music, right? Yes, let's do that. So um, we've got coming up for our uh, final uh, full set here, this is Sammy K and the East Lowe's three with one of their earliest recordings. This is Bye Bye right here on 100% ska. This is 100% Ska, and you just heard The Aggressors with uh, Hallways. Uh, before that was The Snails with Fallen Too Fast, The Pressure with uh, Horror Show uh, before that, and starting that set off, Sammy K and The Eastlost 3 with Bye Bye. And as always, we have come to the end of the show, so I must say uh, bye bye, but uh, before that... Uh, I do want to introduce uh, a new segment uh, to the program. Uh, So, you know, up until now, I've always been playing uh, records and kind of really, you know, kind of highlighting that as one of the uh, features uh, of the show. So everything you've heard um, is vinyl releases. But um, I really have come to the conclusion and and realization, well, I've known this for a while, uh, that there is just a lot of music that is released only on uh, digital and CD. Some of that's older stuff, some of that is a lot of that is uh, brand new stuff where the bands just really either A just can't afford to put this stuff out on vinyl or vinyl just takes such a long time out of press that it's sometimes not even worth it. Uh, so bands just opt for uh, digital and CD only releases. So what I want to do now is uh, basically start highlighting with every show, finishing every show uh, and highlighting. One of these releases. So whether it's, I'm gonna really think I'm gonna focus on uh, newer material, newer bands, and and stuff like that. Um, But maybe every once in a while I'll I'll pull out an an oldie but a goodie that was uh, CD only from those hedonistic '90s days. And uh, so yeah, so I hope you like that idea. Um, You know, obviously I'm gonna give you some information about the band as well. If you like this track, uh, go hunt down the full album. And so the premier uh, band that I do want to highlight uh, for this uh, series uh, is the Twilights out of uh, Eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, they recently put out their second album, uh, "Hear What I Say," uh, and it's available on uh, digital. It's available on streaming. You can like, uh, so you can get it on uh, iTunes. You can get it uh, directly through the band uh, on their uh, Facebook page or uh, their their website, which is uh the hyphen uh, uh you can uh, give it a full listen on uh spotify and pretty much anywhere else you can you you know would buy or download your stuff uh you can uh, get it there and i think they, and they have cds available as well uh if you still want uh a little slice of physical content and so we're going to be listening listening to a track finishing off the show uh with the track dancing mood and uh this is the Twilights. thanks for listening And uh, we'll see you next week.
5: Take it away, away. red Red light. light.